Hi, friends. Welcome to Break the Ice Podcast, where the illusions covering our evolution are shattered, bringing together amazing guests and episode dialogue that dive deep into what it means to live a life of self-agency and harnessing the power of a decisive heart. Our topics range from stories around leadership, sales, business, entrepreneurship, heart, soul, and health. So get ready to be educated, encouraged, and inspired. Thank you all. I love you all. All right. I have with me my guest, Jason Cutter, who I'm super excited to have on the show today. Um, He is also a podcaster with the Sales Experience Podcast, which I listen to, and there's so much information in there. Um, He's also author of Selling with Authentic Persuasion, which is a really nice book that he came out with full of stuff. And I am just getting started in that book, and I'm super excited to have received my copy. Um, He is a sales success architect, which I'm super intrigued to get into that with him. And he's also an amazing human being. So him and I met through social and we were actually in a 30 days of video challenge uh, group together, which was essentially posting videos for 30 days straight, which was kind of designed to promote some core values of the group, which was, you know, education, encouragement and inspiration. And this was right in the middle of quarantine. This was in the middle of pandemic. So it it definitely piqued my interest when I saw those core values. And I was like, yes, this is definitely a way that we can kind of give back right now to the community on LinkedIn and start spreading some cheer, spreading our knowledge and and just being a voice out there for folks. And so that's how I met Jason. And I love supporting his content and got to know him a little bit and definitely got turned on to his podcast through that because I love everything sales and selling because that is where the magic happens when we talk about break the ice. That is about authentically connecting with others and it is about dispelling the illusions that prevent us from evolving as human beings. So I'm super stoked he's here. Hi, Jason, welcome. Now, would you like to add anything to that that introduction? Tell us a little bit about your background, just uh, bring us up to speed. Well, first off, thank you for that. And it's funny because we haven't really spoken too much yet. Part of that 30 days of video challenge was posting videos. And, you know, out of the group, you know, you and I and a few others like made it the distance posting every day. Your videos were great. And it's funny because I feel like I know you really well. And I'm sure you feel like you know me really well when you watch, you know, 30 days of somebody's videos and mine were always really long in the beginning. So it's like eight, 10 minutes of me blabbing on about sales. So, um, no, I am super excited to be here. I mean, I think this is awesome and anything you're doing, I want to support because I think you just put some great content out there with the great intention. Um, for me, the only thing to add to that intro is, you know, uh, part of the reason why I do what I do, why I wrote the book and, and why I focus on helping people with sales is that I was a very unlikely candidate to be successful in selling and sales. I mean, you know, and anyone who's heard me, I say the same thing, but I was an awkward, shy, only child who was slightly bullied as a kid, um, didn't fit in anywhere, uh, was raised by two analytical, loving, awesome, but analytical parents in a basically an anti-sales household. 
Uh, my mom was a banker, so she did, didn't like salespeople who tried to manipulate or push, and she saw the bad stuff they did to people via the bank. And, uh, you know, I wanted anything to do but deal with people such that my bachelor's degree is in marine biology. And so when I coach and help people and teach people and work with companies, it's genuinely because I get it. I get it what it's like to not have planned on being in sales, end up in sales, and then finding out the rough way how to be successful, like with hard knocks and getting punched in the face a lot. Um, mm. And so that's why I do what I do to help people kind of avoid that or accelerate, you know, the learning curve. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and that's, you know, when I saw your videos, when I first started seeing your videos, what really caught me off guard, or at least was sort of like refreshing was just your creativity behind your videos. So you, you had this, you know, spin the wheel of what topic are we going to land on? And I just thought that was so unique and really interesting because not, you know, it is like, what is it, what is the topic going to be? You know, so you had the curiosity factor. Um, and then it was always great because it was something that you could dive into specifically. And that's teaching somebody something. But by the end of it, you were like really passing on some free, you know, anyone who wants to listen kind of information, which is super valuable. Um, so that was really fun. And I like that. But but that's an interesting little bit of background there with your folks. And so how exactly did you like what was your first sales job? Then how did you stumble into sales? Well, my first official real adult sales job was when I was 27. I had gone from not being not getting a job in marine biology uh, to mm -hmm. working at Microsoft doing tech support for a couple of years and mm -hmm. realizing that's not what I wanted to do either. Uh, and I didn't know where I wanted to be at 27 years old, ended up in a role uh, doing mortgages. So residential mm -hmm. mortgage loan officer, height of the dot, mm -hmm. height of the real estate boom and everyone going nuts. So it didn't actually require any sales. I mean, I still screwed up a lot and, and lost mm -hmm. a lot of deals and money because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but that's when it came. Now, I had some other jobs before then, like a server in a restaurant and that kind of mm -hmm. thing. But mm -hmm. I didn't look at it as sales. No one taught me how to mm -hmm. sell. If I, if I could go back now and be a like server or waiter at a restaurant, Oh, that would, that would be fascinating. That'd be so fun knowing what I know now. Like, I think I would do a good job. It would just be, it, it would be a, a different experience for people for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That would be so interesting. I think about stuff like that too. Like, and also too, you know, when you're out there after you have a certain amount of experience in sales and you, and you learn really the, the, the way to do it and you get out there and you just, it, you almost cringe, you know, when you see other people that are just leaving so much on the table um, and they don't realize what they're leaving on the table, you know, that kind of success that they can be leaving on the table. So, yeah, and that's what it comes in to, to have that push or that urge to want to train others, help others, teach others, write a book, <laughs> right? Like, hey, um, there's a lot more to this that you guys can, can have, have knowledge on. Um, so when we're talking about, um, you know, we'll get to your book here in a minute and some of that other stuff. But one of the things I like to dive in a little bit with people is, you know, how did you overcome personally what may have helped you out when you were getting through those obstacles to where you had maybe some self-doubt, you know, kind of lack the self-awareness and kind of was getting through those early barriers? Was it straight to research, analytics, education, um, or was it more of a, you know, growth mindset, you know, or spiritual mindset to get you through those those ways so that you could really become 
a lot more self-authorized in what you do as a um, human? It, 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 it was, it was obviously the analytical side. I mean, one of the ways mm -hmm. that I approached, you know, the sales role and the sales conversation was that person who could provide all the options. So one of the things I did early on in my mortgage sales career, if you will, was to just compile as much data and information as possible about all the options. So we were a broker, we could go with any kind mm -hmm. of loan combo. There was a ton of them out there. I was that guy that would go to a trade show and walk up and down every booth, talk to everyone, get every flyer, and then like turn them into like a spreadsheet and notes so that I just had this giant wealth of knowledge that if somebody asked for something, literally I knew the best way to go with it. Where I screwed up early on in my sales career is then I would then give those options to a prospective like home buyer. And so I would literally mm -hmm. make spreadsheets with 10 different options and being like, here you go, here's the 10 different ways you could go about this. And people would just mm -hmm. silently run away screaming mm -hmm. in their head, if you will, with analysis paralysis mm -hmm. because it was too many choices. Um, and so for me, I, I've always done that where I want to know a lot about it. I want to have the information. The maturity in my sales career came in collecting that info and having it and knowing it enough, but then knowing when to use it, right? Like the wisdom side. And I, and, and there's a quote I have in the book from Miles Kington. Um, and I'm not a huge quote one, but this one just sticks in my head and it's super funny is knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. Right. Like that's the difference oh. with sales is like knowing when not to put that stuff in there. Um, and so that really helped also just messing up and then recovering and messing up and recovering, uh, you know, kind of builds that resilience, if you will, long term. Yep. Yeah. No, that's a learning curve for sure. Um, yeah. That's very much like my early career in sales too, which was car sales. So when I, when I stumbled across that one and I was interviewing for the job, I didn't even know I was interviewing for that position. I thought I was interviewing for like parts counter, like a clerk type thing. And halfway through the interview, I realized I'm being interviewed to be like a car salesman on the lot, like selling, you know, and I was like, oh, and so I just rolled with it and I got hired. And that's exactly what I did. I went straight to product knowledge and I memorized everything, everything about General Motors products. I mean, Cadillac, Pontiac at the time, Chevrolet, trucks, diesels, the whole deal. And then had to memorize all the competitive comparison information too. So for me, it was just like you, I had no prior background or knowledge or experience in sales. So I just went straight to, well, I'm just going to know as much information as humanly possible so that I know what I'm talking about, <laughs> um, which in the long run, worked out really well because then it was actually far easier for me to dig in a little bit with a client, know what they were kind of look, kind of know what they were looking for, and then be able to match up really quickly that knowledge I had, like, let me show you what you're going to need. I can show you what's going to suit your needs fast, you know, by having that retrieval of that information. So it sounded like you kind of used that same thing but then you had to get a little more experience with just having a better intuition with people and being able to match that stuff up simpler for them. Yeah. And kind of like you did, which this is why you're, 
you know, where you are and successful with everything you've done with sales is you didn't do what most salespeople do, which is they collect all that knowledge and then they just do monologues and they just do speeches to their prospect about their yeah. products and features and literally mm -hmm. just drive people crazy or confuse them, you know, instead of asking mm -hmm. questions and uncovering first and then providing it. You know, that's mm -hmm. the nice thing because I didn't know what I was doing. I had no training. In fact, I started in the mortgage industry. I never bought a house. I didn't even, I, I was renting. And in fact, I was like, I feel like a hypocrite. I should probably buy a house. And so my first loan was actually to myself. Um, but when you don't know anything and you're figuring it out, if you just ask questions instead, it really helps because they'll tell you everything they need to know. And then you can always just, you know, go from there. Exactly. Um, so I'm curious, tell us about the concept of teaching people how to sell without it feeling like selling, because, you know, early on in my career, I knew I had no tricks up my sleeve. I didn't understand, you know, I'm like, I'm just going to go straight out, be absolutely myself, meet with the person, break the ice, connect automatically, you know, quick so that I can just sort of have an actual conversation with them. Then, you know, we'll match up what, what they need. So is that somewhere along those lines? How, how do you explain that? That's, that's so interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's 100% correct. Uh, to me, there's kind of two extremes that people generally fall if they're struggling in sales. One is they're the at the the pushy extreme, right? The kind of manipulative tactics, tricks, just like all of this. It's all about the salesperson and their bonus, their quota, their income. It's not about the other person. They don't care, right? It's kind of a almost a scorched earth kind of uh, approach. And that one, it feels like sales. That is what the public, what prospects are afraid of when they interact with. I mean, when, when somebody gets out of the car at the, at the car lot and somebody comes running up all excited to meet them, everyone knows why. And everyone knows the mm -hmm. battle that's now going to ensue, mm -hmm. which is I need a car. Yeah. I don't want to be taken advantage of. And so that's mm -hmm. the sales that people don't like. And that's the part that's a dirty word. And then there's the other end, which the subtitle for my book is transform from order taker to quota breaker, which is where people, because they don't want to be that bad person in sales, they go the other end, which is just literally hoping somebody buys because they like them or they build rapport and they're very passive about it. It's like, here's how it works. If you're interested, let me know. And so to sell without it feeling like sales is when you realize your role is to be a professional, to help somebody get to a better situation in their life. And then you're on that journey with them. And it's using things like empathy and then asking questions, uncovering what their needs are, and then solving that for them and with them instead of something you do to them, right? So you're not mm -hmm. doing the sale to them, you're doing things with them. And then it doesn't feel like sales, right? It's like, you know, somebody who's guiding you on this journey uh, is how they should feel. And when you do it that way, you know, it's such a great experience for them and for you as a salesperson as well. Yes, I love that. That's so, so that's just a critical approach to have because it really changes the dynamic of your own psychology as a salesperson to think in those terms. And, and it, and it definitely took, um, you know, I think it takes a lot of people time to realize that. And then, and then once they do realize that, what a change, you know, because it takes a lot of pressure off, you know, number one, the pressure of, you know, I have to know some way to do this that doesn't feel natural in order for it to work, like it's this, you know, like you're going to be a brain surgeon, you know, no, <laughs> 
you know, when you just put it in the context of selling is helping, you know, and that whole thing, um, that makes such a big difference. So I love that. That's awesome. So for you in your career, um, has there been any, like, tell us a little bit more about your career. So what led up to actually writing the book? Um, so, you know, obviously the marine biology, the tech support into sales, and then, um, you know, my transition to sales leadership, uh, after a few years of, of having my own business, I went to go work for a startup and I didn't want to do sales. I didn't think of myself as a salesperson. Like, even though I had done mortgage and done other stuff, I just, I didn't even think of that as an option. I didn't think that's who I was. And so I went to work at a startup company on the operations side. So I was the director of operations. They had their director of sales. I didn't want any part of sales. Sales set it up. I would take care of the back end. We were helping people who were in foreclosure, helping them avoid losing their homes and the sheriff coming and all of that. And so I was like happy on the back end. Sales director, he moved to be the VP of sales, wasn't a good fit was no longer with the company. CEO says, hey, by the way, do you want to be the VP of sales and ops? Uh, and by the way, here you go. And uh, good luck with it. And so uh, I didn't necessarily want to do that. It, it wasn't what I thought. I wasn't striving for it. Um, and then I, I did it and I embraced it and I learned a lot and um, built a lot of cool sales processes. And uh, that's also where I realized sales and training is all public speaking at some scale. So I joined Toastmasters. I did Toastmasters for two years, did dozens of speeches to work on that craft and, and mostly getting out of my head um, yeah. and, and just being able to uh, have conversations. And then uh, life led many different directions. And uh, what I realized when I looked back, because I had some time to really reflect on what I like to do, what I was good at, and really how I did it, that's when I wanted to do the consulting, the coaching. Um, and then I had an idea for a few books, hired a coach mm -hmm. to help me with that. And he's like, nope, just write one, write one first, write it on this that you know, and just, you know, focus on this thing that you teach people and coach and what you've been good at and, and create that book. Yeah, that's a That's good advice for sure. Um, that is awesome. So it's interesting because for me, it was a little bit similar, but I went into, after I got on my sales, well, you know, through, through the car sales deal, after a while, I just realized, you know, I can do this for myself, for my own company. So I took the, the leap into entrepreneurship, figuring I'll make the sales for myself rather than somebody else. And then I only get a piece of the pie, I want the whole pie, right? You see the larger picture. And, um, but then, you know, it was like, oh, and then you have to do operations. <laughs> so like for me, I had, you know, learning both sides of the coin was super helpful because, and I think it was really helpful to be a salesperson before a business owner, because then you understand it so on such a deeper level from the client perspective, after really understanding the client's mind space, the experience for the clients through that whole thing that once you got into enrollment, and then we're going to go in like the service side of things and the service chain of things, you're bringing like kind of that same, you know, atmosphere through all the way through the whole thing. So for an entrepreneur's perspective, that was a really good experience for me to, to be on sales on the front end first before, you know, diving into the rest of everything that you have to build. 
Um, well, and I and I think for you, what made you successful? Because this is where a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and business owners um, fail is that you didn't want to be in sales, and you weren't trying to be in sales. Like you said, when you got that car sales job, you were thinking something else completely. So it wasn't mm -hmm. your goal to be a salesperson. You might not even viewed yourself as such, and so it gave you a good experience and perspective. But then it's not your default state that you were going for. So it's just a part of it. The challenge I see is that when there's a pure salesperson, like they've always sold, it's what they do. Mm -hmm. Then they start a business. The challenge is that they have huge blind spots because all they focus on is selling. They don't know the service, the account management, the follow through, the customer service. Like all they know is about getting it in the boat. They don't mm -hmm. literally know what happens after that point. And those entrepreneurs are super dangerous because they're yeah. great at selling the dream to their prospects, mm -hmm. but they don't know how to actually do it. Um, so mm -hmm. I love the fact that you, you knew it, you did sales, then you went back to the business and you could see all the pieces. Yeah. And it's interesting too, how, like when I got into it and not, like you said, I didn't plan on it, but then I found how much I really liked it. And I found that I really had a passion for it. So you know, as a business owner, I still maintained 60 to probably 80% of my time was devoted to revenue to devoted to sales. And I would rather go out to a sales appointment literally any day than do anything sitting behind the desk. <laughs> Love it. So for me, it was also a good way to keep doing what I actually found I liked doing, um, which, you know, is, is fantastic. Um, so when you're dealing with, so you're dealing with clients, like what are some other common, common themes that you're coming across where you can sort of, you know, default back onto this sales architect and this authentic persuasion modality? So there would be probably two things, both the architect side and the authentic persuasion, you know, working with clients that are business owners, small sized mm -hmm. companies, you know, one of the big things is what we were just chatting about, which is the business was started by somebody. And, you know, if you're familiar mm -hmm. with the E-Myth Revisited, you know, most mm -hmm. small businesses are started by mm -hmm. one of three types of people, the technician, the, the mm -hmm. visionary or the manager, in my opinion, also potentially the salesperson. And so mm -hmm. they're really good at one thing, but not others. And what I see with a lot of businesses is if it was founded by a selling owner, like a selling founder, then mm -hmm. they know how to sell, but they don't know how to get others to sell like them. And they have mm. trouble scaling that process. Um, they, they, so. The classic thing I hear a lot of is, I don't understand why they can't sell this as well as I can, which A, mm -hmm. nobody's going to ever be as passionate about you, your company as you are, right? Like nobody thinks your baby is as cute as you think it is, <laughs> right. Um, right. or your puppy or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it's just the way life goes. Um, and then also you have to build that structure. So there's a lot of that that's literally missing. And that's why I use the architect mm -hmm. um, framework and kind of terminologies because it's building the sales operation, the system, everything mm -hmm. from scripts to training to, to demos. Mm -hmm. I'm one on scalable, repeatable, you know, results and performance. Mm -hmm. And so how do you create something that you plug in a new salesperson, you can grow or you can re replace somebody and still get like expected results. So that part 
there's a lot of businesses that need that. And then there's the, the authentic persuasion piece, which is sometimes there's a sales team, they're trying to sell, they're more on the order taker framework. Nobody's really mm -hmm. training them. Training and coaching mm -hmm. and leadership is generally missing in most sales organizations. Yeah. Even if they're a good organization, they're mm -hmm. usually so busy managing, they don't have time for all the training that needs to be done and the coaching and all of that, like in the trenches. And so that's where I come in to help individuals, teams, you know, and companies. Wow, that's fantastic. Um, so is the book designed so that if I'm just a lone salesperson that doesn't have a lot of guidance inside my organization, I can pick this book up and start that self-driven education piece as a sales professional? Yep, that's basically who I wrote it for. I wrote it for that salesperson that's sitting in a cubicle in a call center. They could be on that car lot. Um, I also, you know, experience and work with solopreneurs, so coaches, consultants who they love doing what they do, right? They want to coach, they want to consult, they want to be a health and fitness trainer. Mm -hmm. Sales is the dirty part that they they, you know, no one ever taught them. They don't like to do. They, they feel bad asking about the sale and price and all of that stuff. Um, and so it's really meant for them. I mean, literally, you know, read that and kind of fill the toolbox with a different perspective. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, fantastic. So what's what's going on with you? Anything for the near future you got coming down the line and or anything new you got going on? I mean, book? the book? With the book coming out, you know, it's really about getting that um, out there more. Um, one of the mm -hmm. reasons I wrote it for was to be a good tool and a good supplement for companies, for groups. And uh, what's coming next is more coaching and training. And then I'm working towards more speaking engagements and mm -hmm. to be able to speak to a wider audience and kind of yeah. get that message out there and empower people to embrace their authentic side and see that as a valuable tool in sales mm -hmm. and keeping in mind everything in life is sales, right? So this applies mm -hmm. to even if you're an employee and you need to get your manager to agree with your ideas or you have a team and you need them to agree, like that's all sales and persuasion. And it's yeah. literally the same approach no matter what. Or if you want your significant other to, to go see the movie that you want to see, like there's some aspect of sales and persuasion in that. Um, and so it's really about getting that to a much wider audience, um, you know, Perfect. and shifting the way that's done. Wow. Well, I just love it. I love your movement. I love your your point of view um, and what you're bringing out to people. This is fantastic, you know, and if it wasn't for folks like you who, you know, come up with a podcast, write a book, decide to go into coaching, then, you know, what does that leave for these young sales professionals or even the, the more seasoned ones that want to learn more or they, they have a resource to go to, to learn, you know, and, and pick up a book, listen to a podcast. Um, that takes a lot of energy to be able to put that kind of stuff out, out there. And with, with the ability today is nice. So if you, you know, if you're finding yourself as a sales professional inside an organization that maybe doesn't have the training all worked out or it's cookie cutter or it's more towards quantity rather than quality, you know, and all of those types of things, you know, people can go out now on their own and educate themselves and have that self drive to make it as a sales professional. And then inversely as well, if you've got a more ambitious sales manager that wants to pull in something on their own into the organization, 
because essentially, you know, that's what I've had to do as being an entrepreneur is, okay, now I have to create an entire program system, like you said, scripts, you know, all kinds of different stuff that go into it. Well, you know, where am I going to get that from? I'm going to go listen to podcasts. I'm going to read books, uh, you know, and I'm going to then pull together my own experience and common sense and knowledge and kind of piece it all together. Um, but I think that's, you know, especially now more than ever, it's so important to have that center focus where it starts with you as the individual. It starts with you as a sales professional to be 100% yourself, be honest, know that you are the guide for the client. You are there to help. Um, and take that kind of pressure off of things and then be able to move through. That's just going to be a faster way to get through to what I like to call brass tacks, you know, to where the get to get to the good stuff, the stuff that really counts, that really matters, that's really going to move the needle on both ends. So. Yep. I couldn't agree more. And it's interesting. You talk about like sales leader side. I mean, there's all, all, every time I realized even just last week, I have never received formal sales training. I've never worked for a company where I got training and someone trained me how to sell even the product that I'm now selling or managing. Mm -hmm. I've never received any training. Uh, and mm -hmm. when I became leadership at, at any level, there was no training on how to be a leader. And so it was literally trial by fire, my own books, my own podcasts, YouTube videos, my own mentors, sometimes my own paid coaches to help me mm -hmm. win in, in that journey mm -hmm. uh, as, as well as I could, right? And, and learn from it. Yeah, fantastic. All right, Jason. Um, so where can people reach out to you and connect with you uh, for picking up the book, listening to your podcast? What's the easiest way for people to get in touch? Simplest way is jasoncutter.com, C-U-T-T-E-R.com. That's a hub for everything I have going on, the book, the podcast, the consulting, coaching, You know, sending up a, a call where we can just chat about sales and see if there's anything I can mm. help with. Super simple, mm. jasoncutter.com. Awesome. Very good. We'll put that in the show notes. And um, the basically kind of the last question I tend to ask people um, is what's your conviction and focus right now in this moment? I mean, 2020 has obviously been a kind of a crazy year for everybody. And I know for a lot of people, some of their stuff shifted, right? You know, new doors have opened, doors have closed. Um, and I think a lot of people right now are really trying to harness, you know, what's their conviction right now, especially going forward, because so many things have changed. I know things have changed for me personally. Um, so I'm just curious, like, what's your kind of rock solid conviction and focus right now? And this could be literally anything or a multitude of things. For me, and this is where it's been interesting with this whole pandemic and everything that's been going on, what I realized years ago, what, what really my focus is and what I enjoy the most and my kind of my place where I see that right now is helping people transform into their own successful version of whatever life they want to live. So it's not about somebody else's, but it's about theirs. Um, given my background, my, my windy path through life, all of mm -hmm. the ups and then the downs and everything I've been through, 
anything I can do to help somebody get through their own personal challenge, their own struggle, or find their own truth and their own path uh, is what drives me every single day. And then where what I love and what I'm focused on is the coaching, the training, and not just like, here's a, here's a video and go watch it, but more of like mm-hmm. long-term changes, helping people adjust. And then that light bulb moment. I love nothing more than working with a company or individuals and helping them realize something that works for them and then them mm-hmm. doing it and it works, right? And, and sometimes I talk to people about health, career choices, like yeah. relationships, sure. like all this other stuff yeah. comes up no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love helping people kind of accelerate what, uh, you know, what I've been through or discover and, and also be aware that, uh, they're not alone. I mean, I know for the longest time, I thought I was just a loser in my own head because of my windy mm-hmm. path and my lack of direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out most people are feeling that same way. So mm-hmm. helping oh, yeah. people with that, I think is, is important, especially right now. Um, but that's, that's my biggest focus is to help inspire and transform people, uh, to be successful on their side. Yeah, I love that. And that's a very inside out kind of process. And that's, that's holistic. You know, that's, that's my consultant. Uh, you know, when I deal with consulting, it's a holistic approach and everything comes back to you. So, so many people are looking for this external, this outer reality to bring to them what it is they need to be successful when it's really the complete reverse of that right? It's got to come from your own connections, your own connecting the dots and those light bulb moments and those moments of clarity and reaching out and having help from somebody to, to bring in this sort of thinking. Cause so, so many of us neglect our own thinking when, when we neglect ourselves, we really, really do. So when you can bring it around for someone and say, well, let's start with you. Let's start with what's going on with you personally this category, this category, and this category, before we can start thinking about something out there that's going to bring it to you magically, right? So that that's huge. And I think that when you see that in people, when you can help get them back under the pattern of thinking about themselves, that's the only way they're then going to be able to take anything to the next level in a sustainable way like you're talking about, right? Where it's something that's going to last and truly have an impact or that you say transformation, you know, or expansion, I yeah. think is another. And, and that's why like it. it, I wrote a sales book, but the first part, like the first third of the book is the authenticity piece, which is just mm-hmm. introspection. It's self-awareness. Mm-hmm. It's dealing with fears. Mm-hmm. It's dealing with why do you want to be successful? Because right. can teach you all the sales tactics. You know that I can tell you what mm-hmm. to say. I can tell you exactly mm-hmm. what to do when and what cues mm-hmm. to pick up on. And none of that matters mm-hmm. if you're still in your own way and you're limiting yourself and you're not sure why you want to even do it. Like that, Mm -hmm. the tactics don't matter. And so that's always the first step. Yeah. And I think that's when things changed a little bit for me too, because at first, the whole reason why I got a job is because I was a police officer, but I had a two-year-old, right? And a shift work and like sexist sheriff and like just all kinds of stuff was going down. And I was like, you know, I got to get some kind of desk, like nine to five job for a little while until my daughter's old enough, maybe go to school, and then I can get back into it full time. So I just wanted to go out and get a nine to five job. And then just keep keep my my law enforcement career as part time, which was like weekend work um, for small, you know, division. And um, so it wasn't until, you know, I started feeling that I really enjoyed what I was doing and found that inner passion for sales, 
where really what it was coming down to, it wasn't like, oh, I made a sale and I'm, I'm high now, right? And I feel great. And there's some, you know, praise, recognition, whatever, ego and stuff like that. Like, that's kind of cool. But really, it was just that I really enjoyed connecting with people. I truly enjoyed having conversations with people, connecting with them, and then bringing them in a product that they could be happy with for the next three, four, five, six, seven years of their life. So then it does turn into something else when it's for yourself, when you feel that connection with what you're doing, you know, and you have a, by call doing something in purpose on purpose. So that's that, you know, that self agency part. So fantastic. I love your mission. I love your standpoint and I'm looking forward to diving deep further into this book and we'll keep in touch. Thanks for having me. This was fun. All right. We will talk to you later, Jason. Take care. Well, there you have it, friends. That was some ice-breaking tools right there for you. Now, my ask is that you go create some space for yourself. Think about what resonated with you during that episode and go see how you can apply it in your own life. Or please, at least go share it with the world. Thank you, as always. Feel free to stop on by www.breaktheiceco.com and subscribe to get updates and all kinds of freebie giveaways. Thank you all. Love you all. Bye.